All right, guys, um, got a new um, podcast for you guys today here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network where there was a really a surprise commitment. I didn't see it coming. Uh, our premium subscribers and our Patreon members have gotten the inside scoop on how this went down so quickly um, with with Blake Henson, the transfer from Ole Miss, who will be signing on with Iowa State. Uh Still unclear about a waiver. I mean, at this point, I would count on him being a sit-out guy. And you guys know how the NCAA goes. You kind of just take those waivers when you can get them. But I've been kind of on the shelf the last few days. Um, Stansbury's been the one who's doing the majority of our reporting and analysis on this. And, Jared, you talked to the young man. well, I mean, first of all, what's your analysis on this for Iowa State? To me, it appears uh, it's a pretty solid get for the last week of June. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that anytime you can get to the last week of June and end up getting a guy who's a double-digit score from the from a power conference, I mean, obviously coming from the SEC, uh, you know, some stuff that I've, I've read about him, it sounds like he's a little inconsistent sometimes, but uh, he's a guy who was a, a really highly touted recruit in Kermit Davis's first recruiting class down there in Oxford and uh, someone I think that they were really excited about getting. And, uh, you know, I think um, Iowa State should be excited too just because he kind of gives them a, an added dynamic of, of all the different things that he can do. And that's what he talked about when I was talking to him on the phone yesterday was just uh, his versatility with his ability to, you know, we hear Steve Crone talk about how he wants people who can dribble, pass, and shoot. Uh, and it sounds like uh, Blake fits into that, into that mold. Yeah, you know what the thing that stood out to me, Jared, when I was kind of just – I haven't really seen this kid play, but I like I know like a big chunk of what Iowa State was missing last year, and it was kind of that skilled wing mm-hmm. who, uh, you know, you could really – if somebody zones you up, you could really abuse it a lot like we saw Taylor Horton Tucker do a few years ago. Really a lot of the um, successful Iowa State teams have had a guy like this. George Niang was like that. Um, you saw even going back to Royce White. Um, I, this seems like a guy who the skill set you're talking about, does that – you're more of a basketball brain than me. Is that – am I scratching where you itch right there? I mean, it seems like a nice piece. Yeah, I mean, I, I think he's a nice piece. You know, and I, I get where you're – coming from when you say that but at the same time I don't I I think we should temper expectations a little bit because like no doubt you look yeah you look at each of those those three guys I know I get what exactly what you're trying to say I'm not saying that you're thinking that they'll be he'll yeah. be like those guys yeah. yeah but it's like each of them when they even got to Iowa State like we already knew that they had a pretty you know insanely unique skill set uh and you know, whether it was with Taylor is a, I mean, a really, you know, really, really good passer where he's really creative and especially his ability to finish around the rim. Royce was, I mean, Royce could do everything. And then George was obviously so good at a, a lot of different stuff, whether it's shooting and then especially, um, you know, around the rim offensively. But where I think like, I don't think Blake's ever had, I don't think Hinton's ever had to play in a role like that where he's kind of being the dude who's got the ball in his hands. He's being the initiator or anything like that. Uh, it's almost like he, he almost fits more in the mold of, in my mind, like a traditional stretch four, um, where he's someone who can stretch the four for you, uh, shooting the ball, uh, and he can, um, you know, guard someone who's maybe a, a smaller post or, 
uh, you know, he can have some versatility to guard the wing as well. Uh, and I think that that's where he probably will fit best with this team. Like, it, you know, in a in a best case scenario, if he was able to get a, a waiver, I would think at that point it would be a situation where, you know, whether it's Trey Jackson or, you know, Tyler Harris, if he got a waiver too or whoever, but, uh, and then you get them running the point, you get Razier Bolton at the two, you get Jalen Coleman Lanes who can kind of play it at the wing on one wing at, which would be good at, at his size, six foot five, and um, can put the ball on the floor and uh, can shoot the ball as well. And then you put Henson at the at the four and um, have him in a position where he can kind of, you know, he can guard a lot of different positions and he can uh, do a lot of different things. But at the same time, you're not going to have like a reliance on him, you know, being the initiator initiator of your offense. Where, uh, like you mentioned it before, they kind of missed that last year. Uh, I don't know that they've got anybody who's quite at that same level um, on this current roster, but you know they've got as a collective. I think that they have the tools to be able to to do that better than what this past team did. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I also think that you you've looked more into next year than I have, but I just like the macro situation of as far as how recruiting goes now. Um, this is, I think, a good example of why you want to have a scholarship or two open um, because this, this just came out of nowhere. I thought Iowa State was done. You know, I've been mm-hmm. telling our, our premium subscribers that, that I believe that they were done unless something, you know, came out of nowhere, and, and this did. Um, now, I want to be careful. I, I, I don't think Steve Prohm was sitting around planning on this happening. I think that this kind of just popped up and – so the, the details on it was um, James Kane recruited this young man out of high school when when James was at Dayton. And that's the one thing, I you know, if I pass along to our podcast listeners, I think that well has really written the story of the spring and summer recruiting period of 2020 with COVID is, I mean, relationships have trumped all uh, without being able to get anybody on campus. And that was what put Iowa State in such a pounceable situation here is because, you know, one of Steve Prohm's top assistants had had already recruited the young man. There was already um, – he's a Florida kid. Kane's from Florida. Like, there were all these connections that were already there. And, man, it's just fascinating to me. I've, after I've covered basketball recruiting for a really long time and um, just watching all of this play out because it really – just was the right place at the right time thing. And I, I think with the transfer rule that's going to be changing eventually, I, I think that it would have changed, you know, this summer had, had COVID not hit. Uh, they have enough to deal with right now, these these schools and conferences and, and the NCAA. But I don't know, man. Like, I, I think that you, if you're a Division One basketball coach, I mean, I think the days of filling out your roster to 13 scholarships are long gone. I think that it just will pay – once these guys can move around a little more freely to have at least one, I would say even two or three open though. Do do you agree with that? Oh yeah. I mean, I think, I just think the reality too is like when you've got a full roster, you know, we, we know this, like if if you've got 10 guys who can play, you know, and are, are probably good enough to play that's like, that's good. Obviously that's a good thing, but how often are you really going to be running 10 guys out there? at a time it just it gets harder and harder to keep people happy like the more people that you have around 
Yeah. And you know, this is something that I've said before. Like, uh, I have to give Fran McCaffrey credit for one thing. And that's because in this world, roster retention is going to be your ability to, to retain your roster is going to be so crucial. I think moving forward, how can you keep your yeah. core together for as long as possible? And that's when I say I have to give Fran McCaffrey some credit. Like, when do you really ever see like a major difference maker for them leave, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And I mean, Isaiah Moss left, but even then, like he left and they were better than they were when they had him. And, uh, that's just where, you know, he catches some flack. And I mean, I've given, uh, you and I have both given friend plenty of, of flack in the past, but like, when you look at it, it's like, when you look at what college basketball is about to be here in the not so diff- distant future, like it's going to be cru- like incredibly crucial and, and, and just so important to be able to keep your team together to where you're not having to turn over four or five different spots every single year, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, I just think we're going to see more and more here where these schools that can keep guys around, um, you know, maybe they can get some one and dones or, or whatever, but the schools that can keep guys around, you can build a core that you've got that you have them, you know, and they're playing for two or three years and they can grow up together. It's going to look, there will be the people that are jumping around, but at the same time, there's the best teams I think are going to be the ones that like what you and I have talked about in the past that, um, you know, people aren't jumping around. They're not leaving and uh, guys aren't leaving early for the NBA or whatever it is. Like they're just kind of growing up together and getting better together and becoming a better team. Um, yeah. So really rare in today's day and age to get a surprise commitment like that. Usually you've got weeks and weeks of like guys, even the transfers now, you know, trimming their list on Twitter mm-hmm. and, you know, rumors that, um, I don't remember the last time. I mean, with football, it tends to happen because there's just so many more guys out there. I don't remember the last time that I was surprised by a basketball commitment like that. I mean, that that thing came out of nowhere. And it was funny. I With some of our premium subscribers, like obviously most people know I've been on the shelf with COVID here for the last few days. So I'm, I haven't been working a ton. I've been trying to do some. Um, but I, I had not been on... Like I thought recruiting was over. I hadn't been looking into it. I hadn't been <laughs> I hadn't been digging anything like that. And waking up to that was like just an utter shock. And like some of the some of our subscribers, Jared, were like, This was awesome. They yeah. like they like really enjoyed it. Just like from a recruiting standpoint, it was just so rare how this all played out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I'd set an alarm for like seven thirty yesterday morning and I, I just remember that I woke up uh, and I, when it went off and I, I looked at my phone and I was like, uh, I mean, I can't imagine there's anything going on. Cause usually that's what I do. I have an alarm and then I'll wake up, I'll look at my phone, see if there's anything happening that I really need to be paying attention to. And I'm like, all right, I think I'm good. I'll, I'm going to get a little bit more sleep. And I went back to sleep for like 45 minutes and I woke up, I had like six missed calls, uh, had like 12 text messages, a whole bunch of messages on Slack. You were sending me text messages. Steph was trying to call me and I'm like, Oh my God, what happened? <laughs> and uh, I was like, man, I'm sitting there first thing. And I was like, dude, is Chris in the hospital? Or like, what's going on? Why is everybody trying to get a hold of me? And, uh, and then I look at it and I was like, Oh man, of course they got a basketball commit. And I was like, that's just, almost worse. Just crazy. <laughs> now I'm, now I'm behind. I was like, now I'm behind. I'm trying to get this story done and all that stuff. But 
I mean, I don't. I think it caught everybody by surprise. I do, like, t- I do I'm, too. I'm sure if we talked to like Travis, he would probably say the same thing. Yeah, no, it was kind of fun though. Right? I won't lie. It was uh, kind of brought me back to the old days where all of a sudden, like you were thrown off guard by uh, this guy coming out of nowhere. But yeah, um, I, I think we've picked about all the meat off the bone. We'll do. We'll do something. Now, Jerry, do you had a um, good piece at Cyclone Fanatic? We want to promote that. Um, where you're, you're kind of looking like if he's eligible mm-hmm. on the roster, Jared went into more depth with that. And then you talk to the young man too. So um, for, for those who, I mean, reading it is one thing. How, how is he? he? He was described to me as a big personality, like a really uh, fun type guy who Iowa state fans would probably really kind of like be a, uh, what, what, how did he come off to you? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think he probably uh, will be that. Uh, it's also where, I mean, you know how this goes. Like the, with covering recruiting, it can be hit and miss sometimes. And it's like, there's been guys that, you know, like, so George Condit, for instance, like when I, when I first talked to him after he committed, like I'd heard about how big of a personality George was and all this stuff. And I was, you know, I was excited to talk to him. And then he would say like two words to my questions. And now I know, like, man, you know, like, George is my boy. Like, I, every yeah. time I see him before the games, we're dapping up and stuff like that. Like, yeah. I, I have talked to him a lot. But uh, at that, it's like, at that time, I, I mean, I don't think, Blake, he's kind of like, man, who is this guy that's calling me? He's like, I don't really know anything about you. And so he, you know, he was answering my questions and stuff like that. Uh, but not everybody's Jalen Coleman lands where – you're, you know, you call him to ask him five questions and then all, all of a sudden you're on the phone for 20 minutes. And so it was like, uh, he's a unicorn, but Blake is, Blake was really good. I can see where he will have a, you know, he will be good in the, in the media and he'll, and people will really like him. Um, let's just, let me put like, you on the first spot. initial context. Yeah. Okay, let me, let me okay. put you on the spot here. This just came to me. You, so uh, assuming that they're done, they, I mean, I can't imagine they get rid of that last scholarship. I, I think they want yeah. to keep one. Um, unless, like, you know, a perfect scenario came. What grade do you give Iowa State now that we think that For they're the done? Yeah, I mean, this this helps considerably, I think. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they, they missed on a lot of guys early, but I also think that they – this would be my defense of the program right now is I – they had a lot of stuff to fill, and I mean, I, I do think that we saw a, cons- a, cons- a, a real effort to not just take whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I think that Prome has missed on so many of these, like, grad transfers and stuff where I think he was really choosy to only take guys he knew could help the team, and I think that's why they seemed to miss as much as they did early on, but I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like the days of taking Jeff Beverly and – um, you know, guys like that are probably behind this program. Man, happy, so, so I, happy belated birthday to the double nickel, though. <laughs> happy belated yeah. birthday to Jeff. No doubt. Last, uh, late last week. I saw that the mid range master. Yeah, yeah, mid range king. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, but I, so, I want to hear what your grade was first. Then uh, after you say that, I'd probably give him like a B. I don't know, like okay. I, I'd probably give him a B. I, this helps. I, I think I don't know. It wouldn't have been that high without Henson. Um, I mean. I guess it maybe depends. Like t- Tyler Harris is a high major guy. We've seen it. Yeah. Um, Coleman Lands is a high major guy who may come in and lead the team in scoring next year. Um, 
I mean, let's just say in like a best case world, Henson and Harris can both get eligible. Then I'd probably give them, you know, B plus, A minus. Yeah, so that's what I was just, yeah. That's not really in their control though. So, I mean, and the thing is, it's like we've talked about it a lot. Like, I mean, when you talk about these like top end grad transfers, like it's just so hard to get them now. Like those guys aren't going to Iowa State very much anymore, you know? Like they're, they're going to your Gonzagas and Dukes and like, it's just more difficult to get those type of guys. So I, I don't know. Like I, I would rather have gone this way than, you know, taking two or three guys who were, you know, middle of the pack guys and like mid majors last year and just hoping that they're going to take some, you know, Jeff Beverly led his team in scoring as a junior at Texas San Antonio. Like, so, you know, like it, I feel like I don't want to just crap yeah. over Jeff Beverly, but I would rather the staff be choosy with these guys than just, you know, take every grad transfer they can and just hope that it turns out. Like, I don't think they're doing that anymore. Man, I'll never forget looking at uh, Jeff's stats when they first got him, his stats from Texas San Antonio. And you're like, okay, average, you know, whatever it was, 13, yeah, 13 14 points a game or whatever, you know? <laughs> yeah, and then, and then you start going further down the stat, stat sheet, and you're like, well, he shot 34% from the field. He took 17 shots a game. It was like, oh, shoot, okay. Uh, well, this will be interesting. But, uh, no, so my – I agree with what you a lot of what you said there. I think that they – I think that if nothing else – you know, they got three guys who are going to come in and raise the quality of play on or quality of talent on the roster, uh, top to bottom, you know, but as of right now today, I think I have to give them a B minus or a B just until we know whether or not those guys are going to be eligible. So we're about the same spot then. Yeah. Just because, I mean, yeah, like we can sit here and say like, wow, we really like this addition of Blake Kinson and Tyler Harris, but if we don't get to watch them play for another year and a half, like, if they don't get those two guys eligible, then this roster is hardly any different than what it would have been anyway. You know? Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you, with the freshman, you have Coleman Lands. Yeah. yeah. You have the freshman and Coleman Lands, but it's like you're going to be relying a lot on four freshmen to come in and have to play a lot, probably. And, uh, and then you add the, the grab transfer, but it's just like you're, you just don't have that much flexibility with that group, I feel like. And it's like if you have one guy who comes in and doesn't, perform to the expectation level well you don't really have much to fall back on at that point and so like I, I think that it, it has that's where I put it today is like a, a B minus just because you we don't know for sure whether or not it's going to make an impact for the program immediately or if it's going to have to be like a long play but it has an opportunity to go from being a B minus to being a B plus or an A minus if both of those guys got eligible um, and could play right away and then ended up being really successful. And I mean, I think that you could even say that too, like if you, if they weren't eligible and uh, I mean, they'll have after this next year, like they'll still have a lot of that core coming back again uh, for 21, 22, you add those two guys into the mix, whatever they can get in the 21 class, which I mean, they've got some pretty big fish. I think that they're um, trying to chase right now in that, in that class and in that recruiting cycle. Um, and then, you know, you just lose Solomon Young and, and Jalen Coleman land. So it's like, that looks like a team that could be pretty dang good too. So it's like, there's a lot of, of like a long period of time here where I feel like it could really fluctuate on, on how this really looks. But you know, like right now today on June 25th, 
I have a hard time being like, yeah, I'm going to give them an A because they went and filled a lot of their needs for this next season when, you know, until they you find out the outcome of any sort of waiver for Tyler Harris or Blake Henson, then, you know, we don't know what kind of immediate impact they can make on the program. Well said. All right, man. Uh, we'll we'll catch up maybe late this weekend or early next week and do another pod. I can't sit here by myself. Yeah. Too much well, this, longer. Uh, you just need to bring the, the PS4 downstairs and start uh, getting after it on Tony Stewart Racing and uh, and just kill some time. I do think I'm going to buy a couple games this weekend. I'm going to lose my mind. So, man, you need, if you want to get your ass kicked in MLB the show, then let me know. Man, I, I've been boycotting baseball. I don't know if I can give the Players Association any of my money for those. The Players Association, <laughs> man, it's not their fault. I was just trying to make you mad. I knew that. I knew that that would get you going. I don't even care. Uh, no, I, I couldn't care less about baseball, dude. I just like playing the video game, and I like kicking Sean Roberts' ass in it. So <laughs> that's, it's, that's all I play for. That's good. All right, thanks, man. Yeah, I'll talk to you later, man.